Welcome to A Sister and Her Mister, a podcast where we show you the real behind the scenes of how we balance the PCOS lifestyle in our marriage, gluten and dairy free. I'm Talene, your fellow sister and registered dietitian. And I'm Sirak, husband, engineer, and PCOS personal trainer. We're going to make PCOS a little less overwhelming and a lot more fun. Welcome everybody to episode 12. We are here at the doctor's office with Dr. Nirvana and Talin. Welcome. We are so excited to be here. Dr. Nirvana was my doctor several years ago and she gave me so much guidance on what I needed to do. She's the one that told me to go gluten and dairy free, which is awesome and has changed my life. <laughs> and Dr. Nirvana is also, she's a doctor in naturopathic medicine, which is amazing. And we'll talk about the difference between that and regular doctors. And she, you can find her on her website, drnirvana.com. She works virtually and she has a podcast, Regenerate You. Mm-hmm. Why, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor and a great pleasure. Yes. Um, I'm a naturopathic doctor. I've been in practice since 2006, and my focus is on hormones and helping ladies as well as gentlemen balance their hormones. Mm -hmm. um, it's truly a passion of mine because there's so many wonderful natural things that we can do to help balance hormones. Yeah. So I'm happy to share as much knowledge as possible. Yeah, and the best part about this is that you're like Tyne's doctor that changed yeah, her life. The actual doctor. Helped her see like the, the path yeah. that like she should go on and like I I guarantee all the sisters are listening to this. They're like drooling right now that cuz like they're like who is this? Yeah. <laughs> who is this doctor that seriously changed like, the trajectory yeah. of my whole PCOS journey? Yeah. I remember coming in here with my mom and sitting on your chair. And just be like, what do I do? This is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it totally helped me and introduced me to all the right supplements and lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. And it was just so different than my actual experience when I got diagnosed, which was like horrifying mm -hmm. and very yeah. uninformative. <laughs> Unfortunately, and that's what a lot of people go through. And, mm -hmm. and that's actually, it breaks my heart when I see people come into my office and they're having these experiences. Yeah. You know, and it's tragic and it's traumatic and they feel like they have no options. Mm -hmm. So, but there definitely are options out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so encouraging to know. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little about the difference between being a functional um, nutritionist, a naturopathic doctor like you and a gynecologist? Absolutely. So the main difference is in the education. So naturopathic doctors are trained very similar to MDs and DOs for the first two years. So we learn everything similar to what MDs and DOs learn. Mm -hmm. However, after our first two years in practice, that's when things change. So we both start seeing patients in clinic. However, they for lack of a better description, stop learning in that they're not learning the holistic modalities that we're trained to learn, such as botanical medicine, nutritional IV therapy, physical medicine, nutritional biochemistry, even nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, and so what happens is we start seeing patients, we're learning all these different modalities, so we have a lot more tools in our toolbox. Yeah. And so when we are ordering labs, for example, we're able to order a lot more specific mm -hmm. labs and we're looking at the overall body as opposed to just treating symptoms and yeah. by masking the disease or the phenomenon that's occurring for the person. Yeah, you can't just like put out the fires by like treating those specific symptoms. Mm -hmm. You have to treat the entire body, the whole like area to make sure like it doesn't occur again. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and like you, like you said before, you know, when somebody comes in for something like PCOS or depression, you know, they're oftentimes they're given just an antidepressant, but there's so many things going on underneath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And that's actually the fun part is discovering, you know, what is going on. It's like a little bit of a puzzle. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so for me, it's it's fun trying to discover, you know, what's hiding beneath. And yeah. is it emotional? Is it spiritual? Is it just physical? Mm -hmm. Because most of the times it's there's a lot of different factors. And while we heal the physical aspect of it, we allow for all the other aspects to heal too. 
Right. And is that similar to what a functional nutritionist might be doing? So um, in terms of a nutritionist, um, I think that they help to give a lot of guidance and direction. And in terms of um, functional, when the word functional is used, functional is basically um, naturopathy. But um, nowadays, a lot of conventional docs are going into schools where they're receiving a license of some kind to practice functional medicine, Mm -hmm. which is really naturopathic medicine, but they're not on the whole of it practicing naturopathic medicine. So I would just say, if you find someone, do your research on them, uh, what their training was, how long have they been in um, training and or treating what you're looking to address, and Mm -hmm. then go from there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because you know what? A lot of women with PCOS don't go to specialists for PCOS, Mm -hmm. and that is where I feel like they get lost in the numbers because there's there has to be a certain type of treatment for women with you know a certain specific um, knowledge about PCOS rather than shoving birth control metformin Mm -hmm. all these things agreed yeah so tell us what the sure signs of PCOS are when you're working with a new patient well, it's interesting you say that because sometimes there there aren't sure signs. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't even know that they have it. Some uh, there's been so many different times actually where a patient has come in and they say, you know what, I feel great, and then based on what they're telling me, I decide, you know what, let me run this marker on the lab, or let's mm. just look at the overall picture of yeah. this, and then I see it yeah. in their blood work, or even their urinalysis, and then you know, I end up telling him, well, actually what you have is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just hirsutism, which is, which is just, you know, ex- extra hair on the face mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. ladies, which, you know, is um, normal for us all to have some hair on our face, but it's when it starts to get thicker mm-hmm. and yeah. increase. So it could be hirsutism. It could be just um, irregular menses or periods, or it could be infertility. Yeah. It could just be one sign. Mm-hmm. And more than likely, it, it starts with insulin resistance. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I've heard hirsutism is due to excess testosterone. So that could be because of um, insulin resistance. Yes, absolutely. So what happens with insulin resistance is basically the excess insulin is stimulating the ovaries, and then the ovaries will end up producing excess testosterone. But mm-hmm. it can also do it from the adrenal aspect of it. Mm. Right, And so when that happens, if it's in excess, producing too much testosterone, then the yeah. enzymes get kicked in that increase to DHT, which is the active form of testosterone, mm-hmm. therefore right. causing the hirsutism or the excess facial hair. And mm-hmm. then that will cause hair, hair loss. loss. Yeah. Oh, I see. I don't know the two are connected. Yeah. I thought it was just due to the excess testosterone and uh, the estrogen and that imbalance. But there you go. Insulin resistance is a big, much bigger factor than we thought. Mm-hmm. What are some of the labs that you highly recommend people to take? Because I know it's confusing everyone, not everyone, but a lot of women say that their labs are within range mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't feel like they're within range. So touch on that a little and yeah, what's going on? So I think that's a fantastic question mm-hmm. because oftentimes my patients will come to me and they're so upset because they say, well, my doctor tells me that my labs are normal. And I take a look at them and what's normally going on is they're not requesting for enough specific labs to be done Mm -hmm. or markers, I should say. So that's one area. And then the other thing is, is that in the conventional world, the ranges are so broad. So actually the labs get their um, numbers from 18 to 65 year olds, Mm. believe it or not. Yes. They do. Oh and God. so everybody will fall within this range, right? So the average is all these data is based on just that huge age range. Yes, wow. of 18 to 65-year-olds. So generally speaking, people fall within normal range of yeah. that. Yeah. But in the naturopathic world, my ranges are a lot more conservative. Specific. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if we're, for, we'll give thyroid as an example. So my TSH levels, I like them to be between 1 and 2, whereas in the conventional world, the ranges are between 1 and 5. Mm-hmm. The depending on the lab that we look at. Mm-hmm. And when you're, you're going over the two, generally what's going on is it's, someone's extremely hypothyroid at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So that's a good example. And some of the labs that I like to recommend are, so we're checking serum hormone binding globulin. We're checking cortisol levels. Um, and if we can do cortisol, AM cortisol levels between 7 and 9 AM, that's ideal. Mm -hmm. um, progesterone. Mm -hmm. um, even we want to check the 17 alpha pregnina diol. Um, the reason is, is because Cushing's can mask PCOS symptoms and or oh. vice versa. So if we check that 17 alpha marker or beta marker, excuse me, what ends up happening is we get a more clear definition. Mm -hmm. um, then it's also a great idea if we can check some neurotransmitters because oftentimes uh, the imbalance in hormones will cause an mm -hmm. imbalance in the neurotransmitters. So we can see where the neurotransmitter deficiencies are as well for um, patients with PCOS. Cause unfortunately depression can be yeah. a contributing factor yeah there. and especially like if you're not eating right for pcos i've heard there's a lot of neurotransmitters that's been uh, discovered in the gut mm -hmm. so if you're not eating right for your like body then you can it, it can trigger all these like dopamine and serotonin issues absolutely yeah. so we can definitely check for those as well we can check for it in the saliva we can check for it in the blood as well mm -hmm. definitely check it checking insulin markers is very important glucose um all fasting, of course, um, hemoglobin A1C to see how it's been doing in the past mm -hmm. three months, mm -hmm. um, and all of the hormones, right? Your estrogen, your progesterone, yeah. your total and free testosterone, um, vitamin D levels are also very important to oh, get yeah. checked. With PCOS, they're usually low. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the recommendations you would have if somebody had high testosterone or low testosterone? Like, give us an example of... Um, a picture of someone with PCOS and what you would say when you look at their lab work because it's very typical to have high testosterone, low progesterone, high mm -hmm. cortisol um, at night, low in the morning. Mm -hmm. So what is the next step? So the next step when we get our labs back is to figure out how we can treat them. Not only does it fit their lifestyle, but it's going to address the labs as well. But when we're looking at the labs and we see the results, okay, we see everything is out of balance, then we have to determine why did they get out of balance. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really sitting down with the person, the individual, and asking them these questions. And I think that's what sets my practice apart from a lot of others, yeah. is that a lot of people don't take the time to really listen to their patients. It yeah. really breaks my heart when I see patients come into the office and say, you know, my conventional doctor just sat down with me for five minutes and gave me a prescription. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they didn't listen to me. Or if they did listen to me, they said, oh, you're just depressed. You know, here's yeah. an antidepressant yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. and, and that's not really treating the person. Yeah. And so what I would want to do is figure out the root cause of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I think that would lead us then to the question of, okay, why does a person have high, have, excuse me, have high testosterone? Mm -hmm. Generally, it's because of environmental toxins. So xenoestrogens can do that. So plastics and chemicals. So like chemicals. BPA, right? Stuff yeah, like that, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and a lot of chemicals that people don't think about. So for example, um, I bring this up when I give my talks um, sometimes, and um, they are the new car smell. So new oh, car really? smell is one of the worst fumes that we can wow. you know, inhale. Or um, nail polish. Believe it or not, fumes oh for nail God. polishes, hairsprays, and Hairspray. cosmetics, and mm. of course we know lotions and creams. I've even heard recently from Tallinn receipts that you get from the store. Yes, yes. They have like Awful. one of the most amount of BPA in them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They do. I thought it was just paper. Like that's insane. Yeah. No, unfortunately, the ink. It's yeah. got, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I my gosh. The two ink things, in there and the paper. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, two things that really, like, struck out to me right now, like, you, when you were talking, is, like, you're not, like, doctors like you, you're not just, like, going, looking into the future and saying, all right, let's just fix your problems by losing weight and doing this. You're, like, investigating what happened, how you came to this, and, like, solving yeah. it by, you know, getting down to the root, root issue, which is, I think, yeah. great. And the other thing was like mentioning that your lab results are not based on this 20 to 65 year old a 65 year old range cuz like a 25 year old woman can come here and leave thinking that she's healthy but she's only healthy for a 60 year old you know no. as a 60 year old which yeah. is can be crazy It's a good point. Yeah, so yeah. like I think it's really yeah. important that like ladies and like any anybody finds doctors that are specific for yeah. their They're you know, out there. for their <laughs> functional needs. 
Yes. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. What are some of the other things that contribute to the hormonal imbalance that's happening? So Such good questions. So people love to know this. Yeah. I think one of the things that is not addressed as much as it should be is our liver. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when the liver isn't functioning well, it can actually. So going back, the adrenals actually produce androstenedione. They produce DHEA and testosterone. So androstenedione goes to the liver to make estrogen. So if the body doesn't need estrogen, it's going to upregulate the production of it if the liver itself is not functioning properly. Mm -hmm. So that's one way, for example. Um, Also, the liver won't clear out excess estrogen. So, and that will cause elevated testosterone, right? So all of these, if one hormone is out of balance, something else is going to go out of balance, right? Mm. So there's always an indirect relationship going on in the body, especially when it comes to our hormones. Mm -hmm. Okay. Something like a, like a um, liver functional, what is it called? The pill? The, oh girl, I I have (laughs) to say this. You got me on a liver supplement when I came in like <laughs> 10 years ago. Gaia. And it wasn't Gaia because you had you had a bunch of supplements. It was whatever brand you had. And then after I stopped seeing you, I was ready, you know, to branch out. <laughs> and then I couldn't get that liver supplement. Uh-huh. So I got the Gaia one, uh-huh. the daily liver cleanse. Uh-huh. Mm. Anyways, life changing, taking a liver supplement with PCOS. Yeah, I take it like two or three times a week. And I, it really like Everyone I feel a lot better like the next day. I love yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely should be taken uh-huh. if you're not that I'm advocating drinking, but we're all human beings. And yeah. we to me, I believe everybody should partake in everything in life because that's what yeah. we're here to do. Yeah. I mean, not everything, but okay. from my aspect, <laughs> have some wine. Yes. Yeah. Have some wine or what yeah, have you. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. And if you do take a liver supplement right afterwards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for some people, it needs to be taken on a daily basis. Yeah. Now, is it something that everybody should take on a daily basis? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we don't want to. um Supplements also have a time and a place. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know what that time and place is for each of our bodies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm just curious about what you said, liver and testosterone. Like, does that also apply to males? And like... Absolutely. So a good liver health for males also like is tied to like a good supply of testosterone and the balance. Absolutely. Actually, a lot of um, gentlemen that you'll see that have a large belly, what's going on is generally they have insulin resistance or diabetes. Mm. And so the fat cells go up in their body and they have excess fat storage around their organs. Um, And unfortunately, what ends up happening because they have a poorly functioning liver due to the insulin resistance and or their diet their body overproduces estrogen. And so oftentimes you'll see those gentlemen with what's called gynecomastia, which is actually the beginning of small breasts. Wow, yeah. interesting. Or so, hair loss. Or hair loss, yeah. exactly. And it's because their testosterone is being shunted towards, it's decreased because yeah. their estrogen levels are so high yeah. because of the insulin resistance. And not to make it about me or anything, but is it <laughs> should I get mine checked out like at age 30 and like every five years or something or is that something that i would would, know i would recommend that everybody get blood work done at least once a year okay because the body is constantly changing because i've never had that checked like my testosterone i have no idea if it's good or bad i feel good we'll come to you for our blood yeah we'll we'll, we'll talk about an appointment after this (laughs) so i just because um a couple minutes ago you had explained how the liver works with producing enough estrogen and testosterone and i just wanted you to repeat that so people can understand Mm -hmm. how important liver health is and how when you're managing insulin resistance you're actually really managing your liver's health and because your liver is detoxing estrogen um it's important to take care of that and you you explain two pathways uh that contribute to that um yeah so i'm trying to Um, think of the two pathways (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, there's because there's so many different pathways, right? But I think let's. I I wonder if we talk about the liver and the gut as opposed let's, to the two different yeah. pathways because if we don't have the good microbes in our gut and mm-hmm. or if we have leaky gut, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that will prevent the conversion of the hormones in the gut because hormones get converted in the gut and produced in the gut. Thyroid is one good example of them. Mm-hmm. Um, however. Uh, if the liver, then if we have the nutrients in our gut, um, 
ideal nutrients in our gut that gets shunted over to the liver and then the liver says okay these are the nutrients i need Mm -hmm. or i have in order to do the processes that i need to do or produce the hormones that i need to do excuse me produce and or to detox the hormones that Mm -hmm. i need to detox in a proper Mm -hmm. fashion Mm -hmm. so in terms of the pathways the liver truly either can upregulate pathways or downregulate pathways. So making sure that the liver is healthy to do its yeah. job is important, yeah. especially when it comes to diet and um, uh, enzymes, even in the liver. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a the, like the traffic controller. You know, like when there's traffic no lights, the lights aren't exactly. working. There's a guy in the middle of the street saying, "You go, you go." Like that's yeah. like that liver yeah. is making sure all the everything's flowing smoothly through all right. the pathways. I think that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, and some of the things that contribute to our gut health, like gluten and dairy. So I remember you telling me to stop eating gluten and dairy and sugar, of course. But yeah, Yeah. that really helped with everything, and it probably extremely helped with my liver. Very much so. And, you know, the studies that have been done with gluten are basically now showing, which is kind of scary, and I hate to admit it because I love bread, (laughs) but, you know, moderation in all things. However, what they have found with gluten is it mimics the insulin receptor. So when you eat gluten, it snags onto the insulin receptor, it opens it up, and it Uh says, oh, I'm actually insulin, right? And then it allows for a constant flow of glucose into the cells and so when that happens it just doesn't turn off so it can be anywhere from a couple of days to weeks depending on how sensitive the person is oh my gosh wow yeah i know that so that's that's not for everybody right not everybody's going to react the same way but it just depends on certain Mm -hmm. um markers in the blood that we i can test for and see you know what should that person be eating is gluten really as detrimental as Mm -hmm. you know it is for other people right for them and dairy mm-hmm. also contributes to insulin yeah. levels. Yes, very yeah. much so because of the testosterone production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've talked mm-hmm. about in the past, like the A1 and the A2 caseins and how they're, uh, like it's been changed and, yeah, and causing inflammation mm-hmm. in the body and the gut. So true. Yeah. yeah. Dairy is certainly not one of my favorite things. Yeah. Yeah, period. I think that I would, that's one of the first things I would take out. Also because of the fact that both gluten and dairy contribute to autoimmune issues as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I've heard people who have like an excess amount of um, uh, dairy and like have all these autoimmune issues like as adults right. and just like mm-hmm. once they completely take it out, it's not even related to PCOS, they just take it, out, take it out all the dairy and like all their autoimmune problems like in their body just goes away. Right. It's right. amazing yeah. how yeah. diet. And it also, after eating gluten and dairy while you're sensitive to it, for years and years can develop even more sensitivities i've mm-hmm. found like people are they can't even eat oats or any type of grain even if it's gluten free because they have completely like damaged the lining of their gut caused leaky gut insulin resistance and all the things contributing to feeling bloated sluggish gaining weight mm-hmm. you know and exactly everything is bothering them now i explain it to my patients by saying if your body is in a state of inflammation how can it protect itself mm-hmm. yeah it can't if you're constantly being beaten up right how can you defend yourself if you're you know hunched over and being beaten all the time your poor little body doesn't have a chance so it's really important to remember that it's definitely about quelching the inflammation Uh definitely Um, but allowing your body and giving your body the tools so that it has what it needs to do the job Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and what are some of the tools that you recommend I know you have a protocol uh, the regenerative like um, you know your regenerative protocol thank you yes yeah so i designed the regenerative health program to take a new approach to healing the body Mm -hmm. and i wanted to do this because i felt that just you know going to the root of the cause wasn't enough each one of our cells has memory, right? Cellular memory. Mm -hmm. And it remembers trauma, it remembers injury. And so if you are trying to heal an injured cell, you're just going to allow it to turn over and regenerate in a way or um, reinvent itself, if you will, in a way that it's coming from a faulty state. Mm -hmm. But if you reprogram the cells, right? Yeah to forget that memory and to start healing and repairing themselves from a new standpoint of, 
oh, I'm healthy now. Yeah. I can do what I need to do. Wouldn't we want to regenerate ourselves in that regard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? totally. And so that's what I do with the regenerative health program is I help to repair the cells, allow them to mm -hmm. um, let go of the trauma and injury that occurred in their cellular memories mm -hmm. so that they can now start off with a whole new, new approach. And what's fascinating is each one of our cells rep turns over at a certain amount of time or a different amount of time. Mm -hmm. So for example, our oocytes or the, our eggs that we were born with that are in our ovaries, um, we only get a certain number when we're born, right? And that's it. Mm -hmm. But we can help the mother when she becomes pregnant to repair her own cells so mm -hmm. she has a natural, healthy, vital environment for the egg to nourish and flourish when it's growing, mm -hmm. um, specifically once it gets fertilized. So for a lot of the um, GI cells, they turn over at about every two to seven days. Uh, the liver turns over at about once a year, wow. right? And um, That's how often it regenerates the cells inside. Exactly. Okay, so it's turning over. So my regenerative pro health program is basically to, okay, they're going to be turning over at this amount of time, yeah. but how can we make them healthier? So yeah. when they regenerate, they're starting brand new and fresh in a healthy yeah. manner as opposed to regenerating a, a dead or injured traumatic cell. Yeah. Wow. Because when your body is creating new cells, it's basically copying the cells. So if you have you know yep. unhealthy cells, it's just going to keep on copying so you have to kind of re make sure those cells are starting to become healthy. So as it's copying it, those are healthy cells, the new healthy yes. cells. Yeah. yeah. So what are totally. the things that you do in, in your program to get, you know, give us some examples? So, uh, <laughs> which is so exciting to talk uh -huh. about. Um, a lot of it is, is the constitutions of basic naturopathy. However, um, it's looking at certain markers in the blood that I have found to teach people to eat right for their body type, mm. not to follow, for example, the crazes out there um, that are, you know, the ketogenic diet, the paleo diet, yeah. the uh, whatever those diets are, those aren't right for everybody. Each one of us has a specific diet that's best for us yeah. based on these certain markers in our blood. So they're just specific markers that I check in the blood to help determine how can we give the best diet because that's our fuel, right? The yeah. fuel for our body is going to be our diet. And then making sure, are they living in a healthy environment? How is their liver detoxing themselves? Mm -hmm. What are their exposures? So eliminating uh, um, their exposures to the things in their world that are causing the hindrances on their body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've heard with uh, regenerative health that uh, th there, there's like a lot of research going into um, uh, res test uh, the thing in wine what was it called resveratrol res resveratrol and then there's study on NAAD uh -huh. and all these um, there's like this doctor named David Sinclair I think he's like yes. a research scientist on anti-aging yes. so I, I've been hearing a lot about it and yeah, it's very it's very subject, it's the subject is really growing. It really yeah. is, and so yeah. one of the things I do look at in in the regenerative health program is making sure that the mitochondria is incredibly healthy, right? Because mm -hmm. the mitochondria is the powerhouse of every single one of the cells. So making sure that it's getting the proper nutrients to feed it. So not only can we reverse. Um, hair not only hair loss but um graying hairs mm -hmm. right so generally when a, a hair is turning white it's because each and every one of our cells is being exposed to too much oxidation it's yeah. being aged a lot quicker than it should be i'm aging <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but we can actually reverse that process yeah, there's, there's tell me how yeah, yeah. <laughs> anytime any yeah. day I yeah <laughs> but i've heard like tips like uh like like sauna like at certain temperatures a number of times a week helps with like anti-aging and stuff like like cbd oil and but like one one like very interesting I, I think i learned is that like with aging they used to think that like um bad copies of cells were being made because you know it's getting uh, the body's getting older and it's not able to copy good anymore but they realized that it's not the cells itself but it's it's more of the scanner the thing that's scanning the cells is maybe getting old. It's almost like a CD player. It's not the CD itself that's getting old. It's the thing that's reading the CD that's getting old, and therefore it's making bad copies of the cell. Yeah. So like, it's all these like the different research and the regenerative health. It's interesting. Like, 
it's, it's crazy like it's not just this one thing it's like all the factors in the body so. it truly is and that's the thing it's never just one thing right mm-hmm. and so that's what makes my job so interesting is i get to look at all these yeah. things and investigate them and say yeah. okay well where is this out of balance and how can we bring them all back into exactly. balance yeah. together mm-hmm. yeah so like the, the all those um uh uh shoot resveratrol and the NAAD along with the the solutions you're adding with you know your environment lifestyle lifestyle, like it all just encompasses that one goal of anti-aging or regenerative health regenerative health Mm -hmm. yes exactly Mm -hmm. releasing the old so we can start brand new fresh you know a brand new brand new you every day yeah yeah and you know supplementation it's so there's so many supplements out there. Which one do we start with? And when you really dive into blood work and <clears throat> you know the person as a whole, what they're struggling with, mm-hmm. what their cells are like, what their blood work is saying, then you can give the right supplements and yeah, definitely so, yes, help regenerate things. In terms of um, PCOS, mm-hmm. one of the things that I love for um, bringing down testosterone levels is spearmint tea. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So all the time, yeah. I love 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 it it's uh-huh. you know not only is it tasty it's good for digestion but yeah. it's so easy to incorporate in yeah. our lives mm-hmm. then we have chase tree for um increasing progesterone levels oh what was that chase tree chase tree okay tree chase tree so it's an herb uh-huh. and i always when i see this herb i see this vision of like this almost like a goddess <laughs> <laughs> because she's promoting um progesterone, progesterone. yeah wow. and which is in charge of the luteal phase of our cycle mm-hmm. and that's where i use a lot of seed cycling with my patients and oh. i love seed cycling and it's so easy to do anybody can do it so what that involves is in your first um first stage of your cycle so your follicular stage Mm -hmm. um we eat one tablespoon of flax seeds and one tablespoon of of pumpkin seeds a day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every day for the first 14 days of your cycle and the idea is is that not only is it balancing out estrogen levels so if it's too high it'll bring it lower if it's too low it'll elevate it but it helps the liver to detoxify excess estrogen as well so that's the whole purpose. And then the second half of the cycle, you eat sesame seeds and sunflower seeds, a tablespoon of each every day. And what that does is it promotes the progesterone pathway. And oh. so it actually helps. Um, it's got a lot of zinc and selenium in there that promote those pathways. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful because you can put it on your salads, you can put it in your smoothies. Yeah. Um, wow. It's so easy yeah, and yeah. it's tasty and mm-hmm. healthy. Now that yeah. you're saying this, I remember you recommending me to have flaxseed. Um, crushed, but like you wanted me to crush it so it yes. was fresh, not getting it pre-crushed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like it releases the enzymes, and then I would add that to my protein shake. Oh my mm. gosh, I'm getting flashbacks <laughs> of college, like and, yeah. sophomore year. <laughs> and rotating these, it helps you to get all these different um, available nutrients like spread out, so you're not like just going heavy with it for like long period of time. You're like exactly. spreading it out and rotating all these important nutrients. So true. Absorbing yeah. them slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And our body needs different things on different days, you know? So it is good. And that's very important, too, is we shouldn't be eating the same foods Mm -hmm. every single day. Yeah, like when I have the same smoothie five days in a row, I'm just like, I got to change up. I need some eggs this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so I have a question. So a lot of women with PCOS have low progesterone. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically all of us who are struggling with PCOS have that. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, going gluten and dairy free, treating inflammation, treating insulin resistance. But should a lot of women take Chastri then? If that's um, going to help with progesterone? It really does. It's a very safe alternative to helping with low progesterone levels. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. if if a person is cycling, what I would recommend is not to be taking Chastri on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's really important to take it, I would say, from day 11 to 26 of the cycle. Okay. Um, because then you're going to give yourself more of a... Um, uh, natural approach you're you're giving your body more of those natural um timeline if mm-hmm. you will mm-hmm. um or if that's too difficult to remember just take it during you know the last two days of your cycle just two days excuse me two weeks of your cycle okay. oh okay yeah two last two weeks of your cycle so that's two weeks before you start your period 
Correct. Okay. Yes, exactly. And or for menopausal women, if they have issues and they need it, for example, what I have my ladies do is take it days one through 27 or so, and then take three days off. Mm. Um, as long as you're taking a break from it, it's important. But if you are substituting it because of low progesterone for PCOS, it would be important to do it in the last two days. Excuse me. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> of the cycle, yes. Yeah. So that, that might be a good supplement for a lot of women out mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. And in addition to helping with insulin resistance, taking Ovacetol. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't know if we mentioned this earlier. Yes. I highly recommend Ovacetol. Absolutely. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. uh, going gluten and dairy free. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very much so. And mm-hmm. I think one of the th- key points, though, that I would like everyone to remember more than anything about taking herbs is to make sure that they're getting it from a good quality source mm-hmm. because a lot of the herbs that are from India and China are filled with heavy metals. Wow. Um, and so, so true, yeah. you can actually call the companies themselves mm-hmm. and say, can I have um, your report on heavy metals um kind of like yeah. a toxicology report report yeah. for herbs if you will um and they will give it to you i mean they should give it to you if they really have nothing to hide uh, if they're a reputable company they yeah, should, yeah absolutely but yeah. i mean every herb is going to have a certain amount of toxins because it's just impossible to not yeah. have some amount of a toxic load mm. totally but it it's important to note for yeah. people to remember that. Yeah, honestly, like if you're, it's, if it's something you're putting inside your body and like you care about the quality, like I would just go with like a, a company or someone that sells it like in the states or like at least somewhere where it has a reputable like FDA something along those like regulatory guidelines yes. to make sure that you know they're standing to those things. Yes, organic is not enough. Basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's your favorite supplement brand? I know you used to have some in your office. Oh, gosh, yeah. I have so many for different uh, things. But I would say in terms of um, herbs, Gaia is great. Wise Woman is great. Mm-hmm. And Tori Hudson's company. So she, okay. to me, is I one of my favorite in terms of naturopathy for women's health, um, Tori Hudson. she Her company's name is Vitanica. Mm-hmm. So she's got a lot of great products. Yeah, I've heard of that company, yeah. Yeah. I think I see their uh, yeah. bottles at Whole Foods usually. Yeah. Yeah. Just a tip to you and the sisters out there. There's a website named labdoor.com. They're like a third-party laboratory. And what they do is they like pretty much buy the new, um, supplements or like what have you, any category from the shelves. And then they test it and they say how accurate is it to their nutrition label. Oh. Yeah, and it'll tell you like, oh, like it, on the label it says 30 grams of protein, but when we tested it, it only came out to be 24 grams. How and funny. like, yeah, and then it'll tell you if there's like um, bad things in there, like acosulfame, potassium, or heavy metals, like you mentioned, or if there's like sucrose. Like, it'll tell you, oh, be careful, it has these things in it. And then it even gives you like a top 10 ranking of like all the different categories. Like, fascinating. So, Thank yeah, you yeah. check so that much out. Thanks for sharing. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. And I, I don't know if like, I have no idea if they get like advertisements or whatever because like I don't know how they do their top 10. But mm-hmm. to me, it's like a good source of just getting an idea of like where I should start from. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oftentimes, women with PCOS are too scared to start supplements because they feel like birth control, spirolactone, and metformin that concoction that they get from the doctor is their only option like they walk away from the doctor's office feeling like that's they're broken that's all they can do but there are so many supplements out there and there's credible websites where you can make sure that they they're Mm -hmm. true to their word very much so even with supplements you gotta like just be careful make sure you get you want to get the most out of it right when you're paying for like so there's some like vitamin multivitamins that are more um uh digestible and absorbable absorbable is that how you mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. by the body because they're whole food multivitamins mm-hmm. whereas like some a cheap one you might buy is not easily digestible mm-hmm. and then like most of it is like not retained by your body right so that's actually why i created the gut become i was so uh frustrated with mm-hmm. the supplements out there for gut health that didn't have either the ideal nutrients or they weren't from reputable companies or and a lot of people were taking them for example i just wanted to create one that i knew could have a certain amount of ingredients that i knew were effective for healing the gut that's right yeah and it's i mean it's simple is that what i see over there yes yeah yeah that's the gut become okay so that's great again it's for leaky gut and for gas constipation 
constipation, mm. um, heartburn. L glutamine. Yeah, it's got a high amount of L glutamine in it and mm -hmm. some enzymes. And uh, but all it does is just simply heal the inner lining of the GI tract. Amazing. Oh. You know, I mean, it's to the point. Does what it does. And yeah. So it's something that's really useful if maybe you're just starting to heal your PCOS or your condition and you're trying to kind of yeah. help your body or your gut start from scratch and heal it. Very much yeah. so. I mean, I Great. have people, lots of, I have all of my PCOS patients on it. But, you know, even if somebody just wants to regulate their bowels and they've mm -hmm. had a difficulty with regulating their bowels, it's really good yeah. for that because we got to go number two. Yeah. we right. got to get those bad guys out yeah. as much as possible because mm -hmm. otherwise they're going to recirculate. Yeah. I oh. definitely have to get some for my sister because she's getting off of birth control right now and she has kind of a weaker immune system she has a lot of allergies and she's cut out gluten and dairy and things like that i feel like she'd really benefit very from much it. so yeah. very mm -hmm. much so because with allergies there's it's a multifaceted approach in mm -hmm. that we want to boost the immune system mm -hmm. right um but it's kind of already in hyperdrive but mm -hmm. if we heal the gut we don't allow for the allergens to cross the um, gut barrier right mm -hmm, once it's mm -hmm. healed so it allows for those allergens then to go to the liver so that they can be removed efficiently Interesting. wow yeah. so you think like by taking the proper supplements and strengthening her liver mm -hmm. she can really start um reacting less extremely to things like dust and yeah it well especially by peppers he by healing <laughs> the gut too because when the whatever it is that is in the gut that we eat if it crosses into the blood, the body sees that and says, wait a second, you're not supposed to be here. So I have to create what's called an antigen-antibody complex, something that recognizes it in the blood, kind of like the soldiers of our body, sends it out says, I'm going to get you out. So that creates inflammation. Mm -hmm. The more it sees it, the more inflammation ensues in the body. Yeah. So her body is probably in a state of hyper-inflammatory. Especially getting off birth control because I know that, mm -hmm. that's a, that causes more inflammation, more leaky gut further aggravates the issues that are actually underlying and causing PCOS and things like that. Very mm -hmm. much so. You know, one of the things that is bothersome is when my patients are being put on birth control to help regulate PCOS symptoms, that's not the cure, mm -hmm. right? And um, especially when they're, oh gosh, Depo is my least favorite of all of the... Um, birth controls out there oh, really? so not only does it cause bone loss wow. um, but it causes extreme nice. weight gain oh my it gosh. causes depression i mean wow. my poor patients when they finally decide to go off the depots or the depot shots or What's they stop depo? them so depo provera yeah oh. it's a brand, brand of birth oh, control oh, uh -huh. and so what it it's an injection that people get oh. and you only have to do it every few months and which completely shuts down the period oh and it's absolutely horrific what it does yeah. to the body bone and it's, loss that's like that's one of the most important course. things for a woman that's you know getting older as she ages estrogen mm -hmm. is highly contributing to bone density mm -hmm. i know and these people i mean it, their lives are turned upside down mm -hmm. from it and unfortunately um it, it takes a while to regulate their hormones, but it's highly possible. But in the meantime, mm. not only has that happened, but their adrenals have been shut down yeah. um, because their hormones are shut down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a cascade yeah. of events. Sometimes I think, how do these things come out? Like, how do these things approved in the first for place? like, and like yeah. given to so many women, like just here, you know, like with all these side effects so and like, what's too. the point? Like, what's the point yeah. of, what's the point of treating or like birth control if it's causing all of these problems? Yes. Like, Actually, I would say if a person had to be on birth control, mm -hmm. so if condoms are completely for some reason or another out of the picture, okay. which really are the best way um, in terms of making sure that pregnancy doesn't happen yep. or obviously in terms of diseases, what have you. But mm -hmm. in terms of getting pregnant, there is the non-hormonal IUD, which, oh. you know, it's it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably the least invasive. However, it does release a small amount of copper in the blood. Yeah, I've heard of this. So if it's releasing copper on a constant basis, and if the body can't filter it out for some reason or mm -hmm. another, then you start having copper deposition in the central nervous system. Wow. So that means our brain as well as our liver. Right. And that can cause a whole slew of symptoms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just important to know these things um, when you're getting on it. And maybe every few months, if a person does decide to get on the non-hormonal IUD, to have their vitamins and minerals checked. 
just to see how they're doing. Is there a copper, you know, um, elevation in their blood? And if so, that Maybe needs to be addressed. Maybe they're not detoxing it well, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Or that, that, you know, you need to get it out of your body because you should be able to detox it on a regular basis. Yeah. One of the things that's actually quite funny is how the copper, what it does is, it's kind of comical but kind of sad at the same time. So what copper does is it, it deflects sperm. Mm-hmm. So it really is quite effective. Uh-huh. However, the copper not only deflects it, it decapitates the sperm. Jesus. So it takes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it takes the head off of the sperm wow. from the tail. So it's pretty invasive to the it's poor crazy. little I'm sperm. I'm my legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. But it's true. So it's very effective, wow. but unfortunately quite destructive to the sperm itself. Yeah. So um, How did they discover that? Like, like in the laboratory, let's let's use copper and then right. like, it works. Well, there was this actually a study done in Iran. I can't remember who came out with it. But they did a study on about 200 men. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, these men had really high copper um, oh. uh, levels in their blood and they were infertile because they were doing the study on infertility. Oh. So, from like in, from their environment? Oh, yeah, it very much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, copper was causing it. What was in their environment that they were absorbing? Maybe so their much work copper? or something. It could be anything. Their work. Yeah, yeah, it could be work. It could be the air. It could be fume. It could be anything. Whatever is absorbing from the body, it could be water. What about Crazy. people who work with copper? You know, like yeah. my Maybe. ancestors. My yeah. last name is means pop maker. They used oh, to. Yeah. You, they used to work. My last name Kalajian means a person, uh, a pop maker. And in the past, they would go around town and like buff out copper and like redo them so there that they go. would be usable for people or like any sort of metal too well so, you're here so it yeah, I'm really here. didn't really <laughs> affect anyone they had enough to like pass it down right right yeah. <laughs> so are there other um so we talked about birth control but what about metformin and spironolactone what about those in terms of impacting our health or hormone yes, health unfortunately so spironolactone is a medication it's a diuretic given to those with high blood pressure mm-hmm. and the first thing i always ask my patients when they're on i say do you have high blood pressure <sighs> no well why did they give you spironolactone so one of the side effects is that it lowers androgen levels or okay. testosterone levels so it does do that however it can cause abdominal bleeding um, and it throws off the sodium and potassium ratios in the body. And sodium and potassium are incredibly important just to get ATP into the cell. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the ATP process, which is basically cellular energy, yeah, to yeah. start working. Yeah. Um, so if those levels are off, you know, that's going to affect your energy levels yeah. as well. So a lot yeah. of these people that are Fatigue. on spironolactone are constantly fatigued. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's like, a huge PCOS issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know ATP from working out, like you want to always maintain a high ATP so that you're constantly uh, outputting higher energy during your workout. Correct. Like, like one way to do it is like c- constantly breathe deeply like during rest periods so that you're getting ATP levels higher because like they're usually lower after a set or so. It's so true. Yeah. And oxygen is one of the best things. Yeah. Best nutrition for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So with metformin, all of these medications, you know, even medications like uh, ibuprofen or aspirin, they deplete the body of B vitamins. So mm-hmm. while oh, metformin yeah. it seems to be the safer mm-hmm. one of, you know, the medications out there for blood sugar and things of that sort, it does deplete B vitamins and it does cause GI disturbances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't need to be on that because there's so many natural approaches to balancing hormones. Yeah. So mm-hmm. some of my favorite herbs are gymnema. Gymnema is wonderful in making the cells more insulin insensitive mm-hmm. for example there's berberine there's berberine cr- yes chromium picolinate mm-hmm. um i mean there's so many different wonderful acetylcysteine acetylcysteine works at the liver level mm-hmm. so what that's doing is it's helping to promote glutathione and glutathione is a wonderful protective antioxidant to ourselves mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so indirectly it will definitely work with blood sugar yeah. And ovacetol, I'm just like, everyone needs to try it. Yes, yeah. yes. And I've heard of all these recent crazy studies about metformin and this like these news articles about cancer and this and that. I don't know how much of it is true or how much of it is accurate, but like I would just not take a chance with it if it was up to me. Yeah, I mean, why take a chance on... Don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for medications. Yeah, I mean, yes. they yeah. have saved so many lives yes. upon centuries upon centuries. Um, but... 
time and a place for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And oftentimes yeah. with metformin, especially, it's like before you even know what you could have done before taking metformin to treat insulin resistance. Yeah. You're spoken to as if that is the only solution. This is now what you need to do. And, you know, you're broken. Take this. Fix it. And it's like, wait, there's so much more. You're right. And I think that brings um, a great point up in that um, people are made to fear um, what's going to happen if they don't take those medications. Right. When really, there's always a natural approach. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. And it's just about getting the proper guidance for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, go ahead. Yeah. One of the first things I recommend as like an actionable step for someone who has just been diagnosed with PCOS is find a doctor you trust Mm -hmm. and figure out what the root issue is. And if you can't afford to find the doctor that you trust and you can't afford the lab work and all of this stuff, just start by going gluten and dairy free and take it from there and and then learn more about supplements. What are your symptoms? What else you need to do? You know, and start small because there is so much you can do and just the smallest thing of changing your diet to gluten dairy free has helped so many women and then further um adding the layers of other changes one step at a time you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think this has been an awesome podcast i can already tell like just this conversation we've had back and forth we should do this plenty more times yeah we need to do this (laughs) my pleasure yeah so much to talk about. yeah i mean i want to ask like a lot of questions and like just We'll get into this stuff, but maybe next time, next ep- next time we have an episode like this, we'll like get more into it yeah. and like do this more often. I would so love like it. thank you for like being on this episode with us. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, yeah, and truly. Be- yeah, and before we go, can you uh, say again um, where people can where, find yeah. you and they can reach you and just any- sure. anything? Sure. So the easiest way might be my website, so drnirvana.com. Mm-hmm. There's also Instagram at drnirvana. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so excited to do my podcast yes too. your amazing um, yeah. podcast regenerate you yeah regenerate you and um and of course there's facebook at dr nirvana heals mm-hmm. but i'm really just an email or phone call away awesome awesome yeah, yeah. and i should just know okay nirvana is one of my favorite bands <laughs> of all time that's why i have this tattoo people wonder oh. this is the nirvana's logo and like i love them when i was 18 years old i oh still do gosh. and i got it this was one of my first dumb tattoo that i got i love it <laughs> i have it. more but you know it was yeah. meant to be. Yeah, yeah, it was meant to just be. Just for this podcast. I mean, look at this. You <laughs> helped Tallinn, and then I end up meeting Tallinn, and then the two, the two Nirvanas get together. That's yes. it. It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah. Truly, synchronicity is amazing. Yeah, amazing. the way life works, it just brings yeah. people together. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you so much, and we hope to speak with you again. Yes. Oh, absolutely my pleasure. Thank you both. Of course. All right, bye, sisters. Bye, sisters. We'll see you on the next episode. Take care. That was so good. I know. That was great. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again. Sisterhood.